Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, a lot of you may be fans of going for a posh afternoon tea, and this is something Eileen Donaghy thinks about a lot. Eileen is a tea champion and afternoon tea expert. Eileen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Now, you, you, you are a, a tea champion. That, that's just not a, a description you came up with yourself. That's an actual no. qualification. It is a qualification. So I'm one step below a tea sommelier. Um, once you start exploring the world of tea, you don't realise how much is involved, but quite a lot, quite a lot of different teas. And uh, yes, it is a qualification I studied um, quite a few years ago. And uh, it's all part of my role as the afternoon tea expert. Yeah. And, ha- and tell us something about that study. What, you know, what kind of hoops do you have to jump through to become a tea champion? So you have to uh, learn about the history of tea, um, so where it comes from. You have to learn about um, really how tea is processed, um, the different types of tea, how to blend tea as well, um, and be able to taste the difference in some types of tea and recognize um, and recognize them through taste. And then you also have to learn how to make tea correctly. So uh, depending on what type of tea it is, you would boil the water in a different way or sorry different temperature um brew time is a big thing I think most of us nowadays we just um well not me but (laughs) most people sort of throw a tea bag into a cup and and just you know give it a quick stir but um if you're making tea properly um you should really let a black tea brew for about three to five minutes to extract the flavour from it. So there, there's quite a lot of detail involved and, um, you know, quite a lot of tea drinking. As right. well. Okay, yes. And and so, and so you would have to do that thing like they do for, for say, uh, wine and beer that you have to, do you have to kind of wear a blindfold and, uh, and, and drink teas and have to identify what ones they are? Yeah, so as part of the exams, you did have to identify different types of tea. So it was quite tricky. So you had to identify different types of black tea. So, you know, there was black tea from China and black tea from India and Sri Lanka. And you had to be able to identify the difference between each. So it was quite tricky. And and yes, um, you can slurp as well the way you would with wine. Not not when you're going for afternoon tea, but uh, definitely if you're if you want to learn about it and to get the full flavors, you can do that. Right. Okay. Now, so given that you're so highly qualified in this regard, we might as well start with the tea making part of it. Yes. Uh, Okay. Now, would you like? Would you see it as a bit vulgar to just hop a a tea bag into a single cup? I think, like you know, if you're at home or if you're in the office and you just want a quick cup of tea, that's okay. But you know, if you say if you've got a friend coming round, it's nice to be able to make a cup of tea properly so make it in the teapot and you know share a cup of tea that way um i always would drink loose leaf tea um because you can really taste a big difference between loose leaf tea and a tea bag mm. um you, you would actually be surprised in the difference um you know now, so you, I, I, and just sorry to interrupt there but, mm. but, but, but when you're using the loose leaf tea uh yes. what what's the best method then for straining that obviously because you don't want a big mouthful of of tea leaves of no, of course. So you can do it in a few different ways. You can use a tea strainer before you pour it into a cup or you can use, um, it's called a cage that you put into the teapot so that you can just take that out before you serve. So it's done for you. 
Um, it, it all depends on the type of tea and, you know, how if you're going to let the teapot sit for a while, then the tea is still going to be brewed. So I would always try and either use a cage or even decant it into another teapot if you had that, um, which can be a bit of a faff. But, you know, if it's... Uh, you know, a really formal occasion, I probably would do that. But normally the tea strainer. And um, if you're anything like me, I, I drink my tea quite quickly. So it, it never has a chance to overbrew in the pot. Yes. And right now, obviously, you do scald the pot before you put anything in it. Oh, yes. You would warm the teapot definitely before you put anything in. Mm. Yeah. W- would you do that to the cups as well? I do. I think it's just nice to give it a little little bit of a warm up um, and then, you know, tip it out, put your tea bag in and um, and then make the tea as you would. Mm. You wouldn't do it if you were using, um, if you're making tea in a teapot, then you wouldn't warm the teacups that you're using separately. No. Yeah. Uh, now, putting milk in first. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm you with want- you. That's, it's disgusting. Do you want me to tell you a story of where that comes from? Yeah. Oh, do. So when um, when porcelain came, um, you know, and obviously not everyone could afford it. So a cheap substitute from porcelain, for porcelain was, was made. And this uh, substitute couldn't withstand the heat of the hot tea. So when people would pour tea into the teacup, it would crack. So in order to get around that, they, people would put the milk in first and sort of swirl it about a bit so it would act as a seal. So then they could obviously put the hot tea in. So there was a bit of a, um, I suppose, a, a light insult. If someone was milk first or cream first, they were considered to be a bit cheap. So that's where it comes from, why you would, where it started, um, people started to put it in first. Ah, right. So, so that that's kind of, you know, one thing, if you want to be seen as well-to-do, <laughs> you would put um, your milk in after. And also, you know, from, you know, what I learned in my exams, um, you can't see what how the tea is brewed until you pour it into the teacup. So you're not quite sure how much milk to add. So you would always add mm. the milk in last and do it gradually, as, um, depending on how much you need. What about putting um, a teacup in a microwave? Oh, goodness, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Eddie, I'm not trying to make you throw up in the course of this interview. <laughs> I mean, I believe that there are people who do that, yes, but um, I just think that's scandalous. Scandalous. How could anyone have a nice cup of tea that was made in a microwave? Yeah. No, and, and actually on that point, does 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 the water always have to boil or, or does or, or can that depend on the sort of tea you're making? Yes. Yeah, so it depends on the, on the type of tea. So if you're having black tea, so an, um, a breakfast tea or an, an afternoon tea blend, you would boil the kettle fully. If it's a green tea, for example, you wouldn't um, you wouldn't boil the kettle the full way. So you maybe have seen before some kettles have a little thermometer gauge on the side, and you know that's quite helpful to know. So green tea you'd be aiming for between eighty five and 90, 90 degrees, depending on the type of it. And the reason why you do that is if you boil the kettle with green tea, it makes the tea taste a little bit bitter. So you don't want to, you know, singe the leaves at all. Mm. Um, other types of tea like Darjeeling, which is, you know, quite a specialist type of tea and quite expensive. You would only um, have water that's maybe 90 or 95 degrees 
for that and you can spoil the taste if you use boiling water for that. Right. One of our listeners, uh, Ronan, wants to know, what's the best type of teapot, ceramic or otherwise? I need to buy one. Uh, ceramic is good. Um, also glass, I think, um, because oh. you can see how the tea is brewing. But ceramic is probably the best. Metal, sometimes you can get a bit of a metallic taste, but um, my mother might slap me for saying that because yeah. she's got a big metal teapot. <laughs> no, the, no, the, the, like the... the in more general terms now, afternoon tea. I like. I would always would have thought it's just a, a kind of a uniquely English thing, but it doesn't seem to be. It's practiced in many, many countries. It is, and I think it's that sort of afternoon break that people like. Um, you know, the same way you would have a tea break in the morning. In the afternoon, it's a bit more um, leisurely, and it's very popular. I've had afternoon tea. Um, you know, places like Iceland. Scandinavian countries, um, you know, it's it's very surprising where um, where it's gone and, and how it's sort of evolved, really. Mm. But I mean, who doesn't like to sit and drink tea in the afternoon? Uh, and I, but I assume, though, that like in, say, Iceland, it's very different to, you know, what you might have in a fancy hotel in London. I think um, what I've seen in other countries is the, the sort of the concepts the same. So they'll still have sandwiches, the scones and the cakes. But when I was in Iceland, um, obviously they um, fish was a big um, was quite prominent because you know there was Ew. two different types of fish in the sandwiches, and also lamb. So I think you know mm. depending on you know what country they sort of play to their strengths and include some of their own um, you know popular foods within the tea. Yeah, now the I was, and people I suppose would always think of the cucumber sandwich. That that why yeah. did the cucumber sandwich become so central to it? I think um, whenever, well, cucumbers, I think, originate in India and, you know, obviously they're they're not native to um, to Ireland and, you know, they were considered quite exotic. So people wanted anything that was unusual or different because afternoon tea started out in sort of the 1840s in upper class society. You know, they obviously could have anything they wanted and even tea at, at that time was was quite expensive. So anything that was unusual or exotic they wanted to have it and be seen to be eating it or drinking it. So that's how it came in, into uh, afternoon tea. And then it's sort of stuck. Um, I think from, you know, if you're making tea at home and or afternoon tea, sorry, uh, cucumber sandwiches are so easy to make. So it's it's a great one to, you know, have a quick quick sandwich. Mm. Not I, everyone likes them, though. <laughs> no, that's true. And and like, would 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 your classic afternoon tea have different courses in it? Yes, yeah, so your classic afternoon tea is really three courses. Um, now, what, just to go back a little bit, when it sort of came out in the early 19th century, it was just a very simple meal of a sandwich and a piece of cake, and it's really evolved. But nowadays, it would be three courses. You would have your sandwich course, you would have your scones, and then finally your cake or pastry course. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I was asking people on Instagram last night what uh, could they not uh, be without at afternoon tea? And a lot of people said the scones. So that's that's a big part of it as well. Right. Okay. And it, it, say on, on, on the, you know, the sweet part of it, are, mm. there, are, are there usually particular sorts of cake you should have? Um, if you're making afternoon tea at home, I think it's personal preference. Victoria sponge is always a good crowd pleaser. Everyone likes a Victoria sponge. 
Um, if you go to a hotel, you can see obviously they have pastry chefs and they um, plenty of time to make different, you know, small different little pieces of um, cake and patisserie. But I think a Victoria sponge is very classic. Carrot cake as well is very popular. Um, maybe if it was the summertime, you might have um, lemon, a lemon drizzle cake or, you know, something a bit lighter. So um, I think it, Victoria sponge can't really go wrong with that. Where's the best afternoon tea you've ever had, Eileen? Oh, well, that's that's asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I got engaged over afternoon tea, so that was probably I should probably mention that as a highlight. <laughs> that that was in uh, the Marion in Dublin. Mm-hmm. That uh, was lovely. That, well, yeah, but you know that I mean, was bound to win because you know. You were being asked to get married. Uh, so that, that, would have, that would have been an element there. Okay, well, I do have to ask you, though, uh, Eileen, the most controversial question. And you can imagine what it is, because like 90% of the texts that have popped up in front of me have asked that question. Uh, Go on. Barry's or Lions? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know if I should answer. I might offend a lot of people. I think Let's just say it's personal preference. <laughs> you, I'll remain. And you have re- one. <laughs> I might do, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll not say, but I know I know everyone has their favorite, and uh, yeah, I'll 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 remain silent on that I know, one. But it's it's like the well, you know, Barry's is this, you know, heading towards the south of the country, and Lions is kind of everywhere else, really. So, yeah. so the, the country is divided, uh, is. Uh, irreparably divided that way, Eileen. It and, is, it uh, is, uh, and we'll <laughs> never uh, see each other. So I can't I can't coax an, an answer out of you. I'll, I'll take you for tea in the Marion and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, good one. Uh, Eileen, thanks William, for speaking with us today. Uh, that was Eileen Donaghy there, tea champion and afternoon tea expert. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.